slavery was a choice. Oops, I said that. Actually, you know what? I didn't say that. Kanye West said that. 2018 in his Twitter war. Started alluding to slavery was a choice. Didn't understand why people didn't revolt. What? Are you kidding me? Okay. Wow. We know some crazy people that say some things, but you know what? It happens everywhere. People say some statements that really just get you rattled. But I want to ask you a question. Do you actually stand up and do something? Do you counter it? How many of you wanted to punch me when you heard me say that without saying it was Kanye West words? Right? We need to start getting mad at things. We need to start addressing them. When people say something that's incorrect, we need to be okay to say it and tell them why. And it's okay to point people's incorrect stances and make them right. So today we're going to explore using American uh, slavery time period, antebellum time period, moving all the way through Reconstruction. We're going to look at what do you do when people say things that are contrary to what you believe, even though they may have, quote, evidence on their side, but you know they're wrong. And you have evidence to back up yours. Unfortunately, yours just isn't written from a textbook. So you feel inferior. How are we going to make sure that you're prioritized in speaking your mind and showing people that you are right and changing the world for the better? Because when you can reflectively change history to the correct narrative to where it encompasses all those who struggled through it, at that point, we're in a better place. So let's do this. Get your thinking cap on. Get ready to have a headache. So when we're looking at studying history, again, I think we're running into the problem with the fact that we take it for valid in terms of when it's written in a textbook, it's published somewhere. We take history as history. We don't really ever recall and ask ourselves, why is it history? Why is it being written like this and so forth, right? So we always get this unilateral perspective instead of this very multi-diverse perspective, uh, not just from the winner standpoint, but really from everyone, right? Because that's what history is, is looking at all the people involved, not just the quote successful people, but the people that had a difficult time in life and why they did and so forth, right? So in that sense, history historical analysis is really detective work, but it's never put at that in that one, right? So today we looked at this article that we kind of came across because uh, we're talking about slavery in America. We have been addressing that and looking at it. And we had this question come up about what happens when you dispute history or what happens when you dispute the people that are teaching you about history. Uh, and this particular one came from a university of Tennessee at Knoxville professor, uh, that was terminated. He was a student basically exposed them for their, what they wrote, their racist tendencies in that one. Uh, what it was is this professor Morlock asked this question. Uh, they had four choices the student got it wrong and she wrote back the email, you know, saying on my quiz, you marked that C is false and D is true. I'm unsure how you would qualify as an incorrect answer. And she goes on to elaborate it and so forth in this one. So just I'll give you what it was first and then we'll go back and kind of look at things and see why does this even happen like that? So her quick question was, you know, uh, professor number 14 states that historical research on African American families during slavery shows that, and here's the four options. A is that family ties weren't important in the African culture where the slaves ancestors originated. Consequently, family bonds were never strong among slaves. B two parent families were extremely rare during the slave period. C black family bonds were destroyed by the abuses of slave owners who regularly sold off family members to other slave owners. And D most slave families were headed by two parents. Again, 
the question 14 states. Historical research on African-American families during slavery shows that um, the correct answer was actually D, according to Professor Morlock. So saying that slavery shows that most slave families were headed by two parents. Okay. Uh, she's saying that no, actually C is correct. And you marked it false. And C again was black family bonds were destroyed by the abuses of slave owners who regularly sold off family members to other slave owners. So there's this big dispute going between the two and eventually they keep going down further and they show things, um, the, like I said, the professor definitely was terminated eventually for it because they went on. The professor started calling out the student in class like, well, class, thanks to this particular student now, I can't actually get to the real stuff we're talking about because I have to deal with this. So, you know, the, the definitely the firing came later in that in terms of how things were addressed. And, and the student was not totally innocent in this. Student put everything out on um, social media accounts, really lambasted, even put a depiction of a penis it, things caricatures so there was you know both sides were held in that so it really turned in this kind of liberal slander thing but ultimately it was proven that no um you know the instructor was incorrect in the possibility of the answer what it could be and didn't handle it the best in that one so it really comes the question then when we are thinking about it or you're asking yourself is what do you do in certain situations where you're thinking something and the person or persons or entities that's telling you something is incorrect in your mindset. Do you question history in that one or do you just sit there and go with it? And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, from my past in that one, uh, from going through different universities and having different degrees, listening to different professors, there were many times where I disagreed with them. And at the start of my career, I was always taught, you know, practice respect, listen, absorb it, and then go forward with it. It was only until later, kind of my senior year undergrad, and then when I got into my master's that I really started speaking my mind, of course, respectfully, but challenging the status quo in that one and kind of asking the why question. Well, why is it that one in that? So, but I, I went through many time periods where I'm that student that I sat there and, and took it. I did, totally did. Um, one example for me in this one was I got into a, well, I actually didn't say it. And I, I kind of look back and I'm actually disappointed with myself in that one. Um, the professor, you know, was saying it was kind of an economics and history course together combined. And we were talking about profitability and all this stuff. And, you know, the person wanted to say straight up that, you know, American slavery in the States was only racist. There's no other explanation for it in that one. Um, I had the tough time with it because many different scholars have shown that slavery in America was profitable. And this is the problem is that economically, if you remove the racist element, when you dehumanize people and you use them for cheap labor, it is highly profitable in a capitalist environment, right? Cause you think about it, you're, you're getting cheap labor. You're not paying for insurance, you're not paying for anything. It's technically beneficial. And that is probably the most atrocious thing I've ever heard when you think about it in terms of mankind and human. But that is how it was sold for many decades throughout history and at a lot of places as well, is that people were willing to overlook the dehumanizing aspect of slavery because it was profitable. Sorry about the lovely birds outside too. I decided to sit outside and do the podcast and I'm just going to do it and let them chirp. So they're not agreeing with me. They're just doing it. But if you think about it in that sense, so for me, the argument was, is that the professor didn't want to admit that slavery is actually extremely profitable from a capitalist standpoint. But my point was, is that professor, that's the problem is that people are willing to not do what is right 
because of something, the trade-off they get. They're not willing to look at the dehumanizing aspect and the crippling of people that slavery does because they're getting some benefit for it. So if you don't recognize that slavery as an institution is economically beneficial in certain instances, you're missing the whole point of this one. You are. Because people do it and they have that argument, well, you know, it... It, it helped the economy, so you, we looked the other way. But that's wrong, is it not? I don't care if it's good in your eyes because it's economically viable. You're an idiot, right? That's wrong, straight up. And so for me, I, I was frustrated with that because I felt like, well, if I say that, people are going to say I'm pro-slavery. No, God, no. I am definitely not pro-slavery in that one. I'm trying to show you how people justify it. And to me, the only way to remove things is you have to combat people straight up with what their justification is. So if you're going to come at me and say that slavery is justifiable because of its economic benefit, or that's why in history we can wrestle with it in a positive sense, then no offense, like I said before, you're an idiot because you're overlooking the fact that you're willing to trade off your economic viability for your dehumanizing factor of life. And to me, that's crazy. And I really just got frustrated with myself that I didn't stand up and say that because I was annoyed in that one that people will often say, oh yeah, it's racist based. It, it, absolutely. It's racist based, but they're trying to mask over the racism by putting in some other thing that people will understand. Oh, my life's better. And, and that's completely ignorant and wrong totally in that one. So then what I did is I kind of looked at some different things like debunking slavery and like, what would you think in that one? Um, History.com puts a lot of stuff out. So if you ever want, it's a really good reputable source to look at. And they start off by saying, you know, they ask you this question straight up. Were you as slaves in any way responsible for their own misery? Whoa. A webpage already starting with that uh, by, uh, if I butcher the name, I apologize. Yuhura Williams. Dang, that's a big question. Uh, were there any silver linings to forced bondage? Whoa, okay, another one. These questions surface from time to time in the American cultural conversation, rekindling a longstanding debate over whether the nation's peculiar institution, slavery, may have been something less than a horrific crime against humanity. So what they're basically saying is that there's a different way to look at slavery maybe as not being such a horrific crime against humanity. That's basically like looking at Hitler and saying, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. You know, he didn't exterminate all of the Jewish population. What? What kind of question is that? But the problem is, is that they're addressing this. These are questions people are actually talking about. Here's one for you in that one. Uh, Kanye West. And if you don't know who Kanye West is, you're not living clearly in this one. He, if we remember, uh, Probably, I think 2018, he put something out on Twitter. Uh, he opened up about his mental illness with his family and stuff like this. Uh, and he eventually tweeted, when you heard about slavery 400 years ago, dot, 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 four, 400 years, question mark. That sounds like a choice. Wow. Okay. So then he went on to say further uh, that you were there for 400 years and it's all of y'all. It's like we were mentally imprisoned. So this is a very provocative statement in that one in terms of saying that basically slaves, why didn't you rebel? Like you've kept yourself down because you never wanted to. So, you know, that's your fault in a way on that one. Um, you were mentally in prison and you allowed yourself to be. And he got a ton of backlash for this one. Even an employee confronted him with, you know, while you're making music, quote, and being an artist and living the life that you earn by being a genius, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. Uh, we have to deal with marginalization that comes from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. So how do you confront people 
in this one. And of course, Kanye goes on to try to explain himself. So he says, let's make myself clear. Of course, I know that slaves did not get shackled and put on a boat by free will. My point is for us to have stayed in that position, even though the numbers were on our side means that we were mentally enslaved. So he's saying there's something there that why you allowed yourself like that because you didn't want to. So do you confront, how do you confront that? Because a lot of us would say that's a complete bigoted argument right in that one. My two cents on that one, the mentally imprisoned. Well, of course it is mentally imprisoned because in slavery, you're dehumanizing the person and American slavery, the movement did a very good job. We know from a law standpoint of dehumanizing the individual down to where you made them property right? So they're not an actual human. It's part of property. So therefore property last time I checked doesn't have emotions, doesn't have rights. Uh, Property is a piece of something. That's it. It comes and goes with you. It has no appellateness. It has nothing. So for me in that one, then that becomes a big problem in that what was done is you're breaking down the whole human to and dehumanizing is a a tough word because people just glance over it and use it. But dehumanizing is you're removing the human element from humans. So therefore, you're no longer exist is what it is. You're basically the walking dead is what you are in that one. Um, So it is a tough process in that one that how then do you respond to that? And do you respond to that? What would you even say to that, right? How do you have an eloquent conversation with someone that thinks so differently like that? And how do you get them to see your point? I go even further. The last one, um, 2018 as well, there's a Texas eighth grade uh, a t- Texas eighth graders in San Antonio uh, in a particular class of American history were asked to list the positives of slavery. Of course, the charter school does apologize in this one, uh, but they did a kind of a compare contrast chart where they said, okay, let's look at the pros and cons, the cost benefit analysis of slavery. And let's look at it holistically. I'm going to be honest with you as someone who's taught history in the past before professionally. Um, And this is something you see a lot at universities. They do ask these questions sometimes to ask because what they want you to do is compare contrast. They want you to find the devil's advocate so that way you can rebuke it and you can show that it's crazy. But I can't even show other people's craziness until I address it. However, I don't know if eighth graders are ready to handle that level because then all as I think they see a lot of times in their young, younger minds is, okay, slavery has pros to it. No, at the end of the day, slavery has no pros to it. There is absolutely no pros to it, because even if you want to say that you get yourself economically cheap labor, you still are doing far worse because you're no longer prioritizing the rights of humans anymore and their individual rights that they deserve no matter where they're at and who they are. Everyone is the same and everyone deserves the same rights and treatment. And you're no longer adhering to that. So you're basically spitting on the whole entire foundation it is of your thought of your governance, things like that. Right. So yeah, uh, you can write a pro all day you want. I will definitely show how the con makes that a pro the worst thing on the planet, but I can't have the discussion if I don't talk about it in that one. So it, it was a tough one in this one, you know, cause the, the article, the worksheet was titled the life of slaves, a balanced view. Okay. Well, automatically, you know, from it, uh, yeah, you're, you're not going deeper in that one. You're kind of showing students that there's both sides to it. So you're a student in that class, right? What do you do in that one? How do you stand up and tell the teacher, tell the professor, hey, you know, I'm a little concerned where we're going with this because it seems like what we're talking about is that there are pros to it. Are you willing as an eighth grader to stand up to that? Um, Are you willing on social media to stand up to Kanye and let him know his incorrect stance? Because we have to remember there is a ton of bigotry out there, tons of it and tons of it. And American history, we're seeing now 
when you allow bigotry to go and you allow certain statements to ferment and you don't address them, they build up steam, right? And then as they build up steam, it takes even longer to correct them. So if you don't make corrections in the moment, then we're at the problem. So for example, American history now, the way we've explained it, the way we've documented it, the way we've put it out to students and to people in general is very pro- right? It's very um, Eurocentric. It is very much about the winners because that's really what we're doing as a young nation. We're trying to show why we're awesome in America, right? That way people believe in it. And when you know America's awesome, it's easier to be a patriot. It's easier to follow orders, all that stuff. Seen it before, happens all the time. But we're doing ourselves a disservice as you go longer further down the time frame, in that you're creating a false narrative, right? You're creating an incorrect history all because you're trying to protect a positive imagery where I'm under the school of thought where you need to correctively identify imageries and put them out there for what they are and allow people to have the discussions and to talk about it, right? I am a total believer in this one that the BLM movement is down to the fact that we have taught history incorrectly and we have not addressed problems in the past because we have glanced over them quickly or we've looked at them differently all because we want to hold America in a positive limelight because here's the problem people believe that you can't say America is the greatest nation in the history of the world of mankind and have skeletons in your closet right that's really the presumption of it so if we have skeletons and we show them then no longer can we be the disputed champion of the world and we lose a lot when we're not number one but what that does, though, is that just creates friction, doesn't it? Of course it does. Are you kidding me? The civil rights end is for nothing. So when you look at it, not addressing our history the correct way it was done does us the massive disservice in that one. And that's why the study of American slavery is so important is because we have to be willing to identify the fact that we made grave mistakes as a whole. As a society, we made so many wrongs. How then do we rectify it and how do we teach it going forward? Because those are two different things. One is rectifying it. Two is teaching future generations about that time period and how now the rectification becomes part of that historical look in that one. I really want you to think about that because it's been a long talk today talking about that, but really challenge yourself to think, how would you stand up to that? And would you, and I'm going to say this nicely. I don't think a lot of you actually would because I myself did not at one point. And I look back now as someone that's a bit more outspoken or wanting to get to the conversation as being upset that I didn't. Right. But I think if you can be honest with yourself and say, Hey, you know what? I, I don't think I would do that. Okay. If I know I'm not going to do that, how then can I do that? What steps do I need to take? And again, that goes back to our metacognitive practice of this podcast, where you need to start thinking about the way you think and the way you want to address things. So that way you can actually make the change instead of sitting by the sideline all the time doing nothing. Because we are in a very important point in history right now where we have the ability to correct the wrongs, right? We have to tell people what happened. We have to show what happened. We have to show the horrible, atrocious activities that we committed. And as soon as we can do that, we can then move forward collectively because we can make sure one, these things never happen again. And two, we're fully transparent, right? We don't need to hide things. We are a great nation, but we need to make sure we're a great nation for all. And the only way we can do that is by having the difficult conversations that at times people do not want to have in that one. Whew, that is a lot to put on your plate, but you know what? I'm confident you can handle it. All 
I am sorry. I unleashed the punching bag on you from a very academic and very mind-blowing standpoint the way I look at it because I'm really challenging us the status quo in that. I'm asking people to take a look at history and say, why? Why is it that way? Or is it that way? How could I look at it differently? Right? We cannot allow for people to believe that there are pros in the history of American slavery and no offense, the history of the world slaving enslaving humans is the absolute worst thing to me. It's up at the same with murder in that one, because you're taking away a life. That's what you're doing in that one. But you cannot get to those discussions without recognizing how people are thinking, right? You have to see what they're talking about in order to disprove them. That's what it's all about. It's about disproving the logic that seems so verifiable. That's what we're really doing. And you know what? If your brain doesn't hurt, you're doing it incorrectly because it's tough. I'm, I'm really asking you to take that textbook and rip it apart and uh, be that detective and bring it out to light what it is. Dang, if you don't have some time on your hand, I wouldn't do it and I would be ready to get some headaches. But you know what? When you're doing that, you're creating thought and you're creating a better world for us to live in because now we are addressing everything and we can be one together and we can actually have a collective history that recognizes our pitfalls, but also shows how resilient humans are. At the end of the day, we want to turn mankind into the most resilient species possible. And how we do that is through proper reflection. Always enjoy the music going out.